Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I don't think I ever really had the flu or was sick. On the flight to Indianapolis that week, I was in the airport, I was waiting for a burger to get made, and I had somebody walk into me, and it knocked on the ground. And you know, it kind of had the the paper on it still, Mike, and I just said, ooh, I don't think it really hit the ground, and I ate it. And I'm telling you, that's what I got. (laughs) There are certain places where the five-second rule should never apply. Never. LaGuardia Airport is number one on the list. Uh, We're back at the scene of the crime that resulted in Oh, look at me. I'm trying to be focused. I'm like, I'm professional. You know what? I can't. Nope. Handle it because Mount Vesuvius is about to erupt, and there it went. That's never-before-seen footage. There's a new angle there. (laughs) Exclusive look at the morning that Chris Sims was struggling. And I got to give you credit. You did everything you could to fight through it. You did everything you could to be here and soldier on. But Ugh, nature was, was calling in a very specific way, and you had to answer the call. I was really hoping not long after we left there, I go, well, I hope that was COVID, and I got COVID. And now I can be like, hey, I got it, and I don't need anything, right? It was kind of around that time. Not that I wanted it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and okay? I'm glad you gave it to the rest of us at <laughs> well, the time, too. Well, if I remember correctly, didn't you go home and, like, didn't your wife, like, not want to touch anything you touched because she was afraid that I maybe infested you? <laughs> no, that, that's usual. She's that way anyway. <laughs> it was just, it, at least she had an excuse for it this time. <laughs> she did. When I got home from L.A. last year after the Super Bowl, I was, like, in little mini quarantine. You're quarantined from there? Yeah, but that was three years ago, and that was Man. right before everything turned upside right. down. You were here last year. I stayed home. You stayed home. This oh, year, I, this year I, I had no choice but to show up. Well, the new LaGuardia, you might think about now eating a burger off the floor. <laughs> no, you won't. I'm just joking. It depends on where in the new LaGuardia. Because yeah. the, you There's still some old do sections. end up in the old sections. They're just like gradually being shut down. Like, when are they going to take this out of service? But I guess they need the gates. So, and then, yes, the new LaGuardia, much nicer than the old If one. Jim Harbaugh knocked it out of my hand, you would have heard about that more in depth. There would have been there'd been a fight. That would be maybe the one guy in the world, I'd go, oh, you knocked out of my hand? Let's fight at Jim Harbaugh. Jeez. That was great. That was a great addition. <laughs> Thank You're you, good friend. Tell your dad I said hi. Yeah, appreciate it. We are here for the next two <laughs> days at a special time, 12 to 3 Eastern, live on Peacock, live on Sirius XM 85, and live on Sky Sports NFL. They're oh. very excited. All three hours awesome. live. So watch your language. I will. I'll try. Not that, not you that it matters. You just spoke in a London accent a few minutes eh, ago. The scouting combine. Right. Uh, <laughs> Wait, one more story while we're sure, having fun sure. here. Last year, I drove through a tornado yesterday. Whoa, nah, it wasn't quite that. Okay, bad. tornado warning. Still kind of cool. Hey, that's yeah. still. I was looking for one. That's gutsy. Like, I kind of want to see one, right? And I kind of don't. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. It's this weird feeling, right. like, ooh, ooh, maybe I'll see a tornado. It's like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, maybe but where I'll see do a I tornado. go if I see one? Yeah, yeah. Just keep <laughs> yeah. driving. Just speed right. up. Just go. Do you remember last year? You just explained you weren't here, right? 
last year, you caught me on the hot mic, get bu- busting your. Butt. Oh, that's you right. Yeah, that? I was mad at I you. I talked to. I can't remember who. He's it was. afraid of COVID. He's, yeah, he's, he's not here. He's afraid of COVID. And then I got on the show. I put my earpiece on. You were kind of giving me the cold shoulder, and I was like, "What's up?" And then you were like, oh, "You jerk or tall?" And I was like, "I just joke it." I was telling the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was more than a cold shoulder. I was giving you. I was giving yeah, you the hot pissed. Italian you sausage. Were pissed. You were. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, driving here yesterday. Because by the time I'd go to Pittsburgh and fly to Chicago and back or Detroit and down because there's no direct flight from Pittsburgh to Indy, it's like, just drive. Yeah. So I'm checking the – because I, w- I wasn't driving, so I, was, you know, I wasn't texting or checking my yeah. phone while I was driving. I'm in the back seat, and I'm looking at the map, and it's like severe weather alerts and click. Like severe thunderstorm warning, <laughs> okay. Tornado watch, okay. Tornado right. warning, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. And that's when the – it's like, what do you do? Right. Everything's flat. Right. Where do you go? What right. do you do? Knock on somebody's door and say, can I hide in your basement? I mean, if you're in a car driving through an active tornado, what do you do other than drive to where the tornado isn't? Right. Wait, or, you know, I, the thing I've always, like, been taught, right, you look for the overpass, right? If it came to that, like, where the overpass, and then you try to cram yourself way up in there, right? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I thought yeah. you'd do. Well, but. I don't know if I'd want to go in anybody's house because, like, if it wasn't a really strong quality house, you'd be like, "Well, damn, this thing's gonna get blown down too." Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't go into somebody's mobile home. I'd want to go into. I, do you have a basement? Question one: Do you have a basement? Question two: Can I hide in it? So, uh, anyway, uh, no hiding for talk, anyone here today at the scouting combine. We have plenty of interviews on deck. Some live, some taped. We already talked this morning. It's Terry Fontenot, the GM of the Falcons. Josh McDaniels, great conversation with him. Yeah, we did. Uh, head coach of the Raiders. Omar Khan, the GM of the Steelers, plus plenty more who will be showing up. And we have to be flexible today because you may see the podiums on the other side of the room. They come, they do their press conferences, and then they get here when they get here. And sometimes they get here when they're supposed to get here. And sometimes, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. Right. And sometimes two of them are here at once. We just got to roll with it. Sometimes we got to play. Rock, scissors, uh, rock uh, scissors, paper, yeah. rock, paper, scissors. Yes, whichever. thank I, you. Which one is right? I don't know why, for such a smart guy, you can just totally just mess rock, up. Rock, paper, the, scissors. Rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. All right. Damn it. Damn it. All, All these right. damn thoughts you got in your brain, you can't remember the easiest thing we learned at four years old. Damn you. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, uh, the Green Bay Packers are going to be playing rock, paper, scissors Whoa, with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love at some point. Brian Goodykunst, the GM of the team, spoke today, and – Instead of saying Aaron Rodgers is definitely our guy, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely going to be here as long as he wants to be here, we'll wait as long as we have to for Aaron Rodgers to make his decision, Goody Kuntz said that Jordan Love is absolutely ready to be a starter and all options are on the table with Aaron Rodgers. That's mm. a different message. It is. And that, a that is message. That at a time when there's some reporting, because, look, these statements aren't made in a vacuum. There's been reporting by Bob McGinn, who covered the team for decades, that they're disgusted with him, they're done with him, they're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. When you say this in that environment, you're saying something, I think, very significant if you're Brian Gutekind. I I think they're definitely going out there and telling you, hey, we're not afraid to have Jordan Love as our quarterback. They're still being held hostage by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's the biggest problem here. He said he's not going to, but he he is. But he's kind of getting into that time here. He's out of his his little uh, bungalow or burrow or wherever he was. It's time time for him to to let everyone know what he's going to do. Agreed. I think if he goes any longer than the next week or 10 days, I would start to go, well, no, you're holding them hostage because as you've discussed and said many times leading up to this and this is when these conversations Derek Carr's here this week what do you think he's here to check out the city in Indianapolis and the and the sites no he's here because they're going to talk about trade and or not trade but where I'm going to sign this is where these conversations start as you've always explained so well so yeah you're getting to the the fringe here of you are holding your team hostage and I agree with you I mean it seems like when you kind of you know, read between the lines. It, it does seem that way. When you talk about an, a, a great reporter that followed a team like that, he obviously knows some people within that organization still, Bob McGinn. So, yeah, those are things, and I'm not shocked to hear that. How could they be totally in love and love the situation with Aaron Rodgers? Put yourself in the Packers situation. How could they be? And how can you plan for the future or even this year? There's just so many things there that are a pain in the butt. And uh, I'm sure they're kind of sick of that. And Jordan Love, you know, like you said last week, he showed some promise and did have some good things, and they drafted him, and they probably want to see what he's got here and, and play in their future. When Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level, it's a no-brainer. He didn't play at an MVP level Not- last year. They didn't make the playoffs. And he was aloof. He was disengaged. 
the, we talked about this yesterday. The brightest line you can draw is from Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes and everything Mahomes did to get a new yeah. look revamped receiving core ready and everything Aaron Rodgers didn't do to get a new look revamped receiving core ready. And if you if you want him back, it better be all in. It better be present for the offseason program. I mean, how many millions do you have to give a guy to get him to show up for the voluntary offseason yeah. program? I know it's voluntary, and I know that we are proponents of players doing, yeah, no, BS. doing what they have to it do. It ain't voluntary to, for quarterbacks not, that are franchise quarterbacks. not when you $60 million no, this not. year. So, no, no. Um, and, and so he has to ask himself, first, do I retire or do I play? Second, do I play for the Packers or do I play for someone else? Right. Third, do I play for who if I'm playing for someone else? Yeah. Those are the three decisions. And the Packers are part of this. And, you know, Chris, something that we've talked about, the potential for this to get awkward and ugly and delicate if the Packers are trying to steer him in a certain direction and he wants to play for a different team. We went through the exercise yesterday of which teams maybe he should want to play for, but if it comes down to that, I am a firm believer the Packers should just trade him to the team he wants to play for. If they're ready to move on, let him go to the team he wants to play for and don't worry about it being a team in your conference or in your division. They don't have to worry about it being traded to the Vikings, Lions, or Bears at this point, I don't think. No. Far right. 15 years ago, yes. He did. Right, right now, no. Trade him where he wants to go. Make it easy. Accommodate him. You know, thank him for everything he's done for the team and move on. Who were who the teams that, that you would, we would even evaluate right now to go? Like, I, I'm with you. Agreed with you 100%. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. If you want to move on and a team in the NFC who you go, ooh, we maybe, if we play well, have to play them in the playoffs, okay, so be it. All right. Yeah, and you might lose that game, and you're going to have to hear about it for a little while. But, you know, again, still, you won't be in the same boat again hey. where you're going, wait, I don't know what to do for next year, and what are we going to do? They got those. swept by Brett Favre in 2009, and the following year they won the Super Bowl. And that's right. And, so nobody, and nobody even cares right, right now. Here we are 10, 12, 13 years later. Nobody cares. So you're, I'm with you in that, that they should not let that be the determining factor, let alone, I think, you know, as we kind of flushed out yesterday, the only team that we brought up that we thought was even – in that type of conversation, the 49ers, which I don't think they would do that right now. You know, I, I, I wouldn't expect that. You know, Carolina's the other team we talked about. I, I brought you around on Carolina. You did. You did. You definitely made some p- points there. And, you know, and, and, of course, Derek Carr's meeting with them this week as well, which makes sense. So I'm interested to see with that. But, like, are you not going to trade them to Carolina to just go what? I mean, what? you think? I mean, okay, I, I don't know. They're the Saints. Those seem to be the only two teams in the NFC, right, that are apparent. Am I missing somebody off the top of my head? I think that's about it. And the if commanders, is, commanders are, are, are fascinating yeah, they are. as a possibility if right. he'd be available and if he'd want to play for that right. team. Right. I don't know that he'd want to play for that team given the dysfunction that's currently going on. We may get to that coming up here well, later in the program. But but if you're looking for a one-year destination, then then maybe that's a place where you could go. And it all comes down to what is his agenda. Does he want to go to the that's, place that's where it. the deck is stacked in his favor to win a Super Bowl? I think he's fearful that if he goes to a place where people say, oh, he's going to win another Super Bowl and he doesn't get there, that's when the narrative shifts ever sure, so slightly sure. from it's the Packers' fault they haven't been back to it. Maybe it's his fault. Maybe right. he does play a little too tightly in the postseason when yeah. things are otherwise. Well, think about early Rodgers we saw. Like you just said, the Super Bowl run. Was that tightly, right? Was he was running seat. around throwing lasers everywhere. Nobody like, expected anything. Nothing right. to lose. Making plays where you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's about to throw that ball in that window. Oh, man, he got it in again, again, again. Right, you know. I think we're in the era here where yeah, you got to stop worrying about mistakes like we talked about. You know, We're seeing here Matthew Stafford led the league in interceptions, won the Super Bowl. All the great quarterbacks this year you know, had high interception marks. It's a little bit more or less about taking care of the ball now and making plays. I think that's where the league's changed. And, you know, you know the Falcons are another team I think we could have thrown in that quarterback conversation. But here would be my two cents about those teams. I would question whether I'd want Aaron Rodgers. You, you got some meat left on the bone on your own football team. So now what, you're going to trade assets away even though your team's not complete for one guy and maybe be stuck here in a year or two and go, damn, we tra- now we don't have a team. we got to rebuild. Oh, we've traded all the assets away to this, the Packers. I don't know if any of them make sense to me because they're not in, like, win now, win right this moment mode either. Great point, though. What will the Packers want for them? I know. See, and that's the other thing, too. Yeah. If they're ready to move on, you got to take your thumb off the scale. You might have you to can't, a little. You can't demand this – incredible return right and it was like a fourth or a third round pick for Brett Favre 15 years ago that could have been more based upon performance they have to be realistic and reasonable yeah the other side of it too is are you trying to win or you're trying to fill up the Mercedes-Benz 
yeah, stadium Superdome or whatever they call it. It's not the Superdome. They, yeah. they got the Mercedes-Benz. They moved it from the yeah. from the New Orleans Stadium to the Atlanta Stadium. Mercedes-Benz Dome. Do you, do, you, do you want the dome in Atlanta to be filled with fans? And would Aaron Rodgers even do it? I don't know that at this point in his career no, I don't you're going to sell out team. season tickets. Tom Brady, yes. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. It's, yeah. a, it's you know. He probably will, but it's just like, uh, two are, are those teams, you know, I, I, it's, again, I don't think they're ready for a guy like Rodgers, and I don't think Rodgers is going to want those teams right now. Like you said, he's got to go to a team, if he's going to do it, that he feels like he's got a real chance because he's hyper-aware, like you've discussed, and that's what makes him great. But at the same time, yeah, it's going to be used against him. If he goes to some team and they don't even make the playoffs or they're just barely in the wild card round, it will change the narrative about him a little bit. What about the Titans? I Yeah. Yeah, the Titans could be, but the, the thing there is there's a lot of good there. Um, I'd be interested to see what they think of Ryan Tannehill. I still am, I'm a guy that is a Ryan Tannehill believer. I know he's not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is there enough there weaponry? You know, I, I, if I was the you know Rodgers and you were looking at the Titans, I'd go, you, you have to make a commitment to me that you're going to go out and sign some big receivers here because we can't just get it done with me, Derrick Henry, and Traylon Burke here. As long as you make the commitment, you're going to be, you know, active and involved in getting these guys up to speed. That's, yeah, the, that's other the other part of it, Whoever he sure. plays for, you want to be sure. certain right. that he is all in, and you're not just going to see him for a two-day mini camp, and then he shows up for training camp. I have, a, I have a theory about how this all may play out, and this comes from the part of me that loves chaos. Aaron Rodgers retires, and then unretires later in the year. We saw what happened with Brett Favre. He shows up. He's available. Jets throw Chad Pennington overboard to go get Brett Favre. Yeah, right. That's really the question. How many teams, after the dust settles on free agency in the draft, would tear up their plans and go for Aaron Rodgers if the Packers are being difficult in where they trade him or what they want? What he can say is, I retire. And then when he shows up, they got to deal with his cap hit because they could deal with Favre 15 years ago. I don't think they could deal easily with Rodgers and they're going to have to move on from him, and maybe they cut him. I don't know what they would do at that point. But at that point, if that happens, then, you know, we get to July or August, is there going to be a land rush for his services? Then that's another way it could play out. Man. I just, if he feels like they're pushing him to make a decision, and I have to make a decision now, fine, I'm, I'll just retire. That's well, he's what pushed did. himself into making this decision. He's said it. So we're going to push him because and that's what he told us. And he's on the record. He's not going to hold them hostage, yeah. even though he's kind that's of in the I window mean. where he is. Right, right. So, I mean, gosh, if he went into that, again, for a guy that we think is pretty aware and, and knows all that, gosh, wow, he's going to have to deal with some backlash if he decides to take that approach. That's for sure. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Another development are we getting into any others, or are we going to take a break here? I don't know. We're, I know we've got people coming at any time, and it's part of the flexibility, and there's some activity going on off screen. Leslie Frazier is the next topic. Thank you, Pete. Um, Leslie Frazier, stepping away from coaching for 2023, could return in 2024. Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, basically said today, no guarantee that they'll welcome him back. You know, there's like people Man. Are like, well, is it a health thing? Is it kind of a soft push? That's what it feels like. Bean said that Frazier raised with them just very recently that he'd been thinking about doing it and he decided to do it. Because look, if it wasn't something he decided to do on his own, the timing is horrible. Oh, it's horrible gonna, timing. If you're gonna push the guy out, push him out when he has a chance to go somewhere else if right, he wants to. Right. So uh, but it sounds like this is something that Frazier wanted to do and we'll see if there's an opportunity for him next year there should be he's done a great job he's done a great job it's a crazy development i did not expect it and uh we'll see where that goes but hey sean mcdermott we know he's it's the, his defensive system too yep. so it's not a huge ball to that team we are going to take a break when we return we're going to be joined by both the, the bears manager and the head coach of the chicago bears Ryan bears. And matt eberflus we'll be back with them when pft live continues right after this Snap is back, looking to throw. Fields jumps up in the pocket. Now he's going to have to keep it himself. He runs, he gets the first down to midfield. And way at the 40. Fields to the 30, to the 20. Can he beat the angle? He does. He finishes. David Montgomery on the right hip of Justin Fields. He'll keep the ball, and there he goes. Justin, middle of the field, 45-50. Greengrass in front of him, leaving Lions in his wake. Running left to the 10. Five. End zone. Touchdown. 
There is a read option, and what a move by Fields. Breaks free the 50. Away he goes. Justin's gone, baby. 10 5 end zone. He's done it again. <laughs> there was at least one of those, it seemed like, every week last year. There was Justin a lot, Fields yeah. And the Chicago Ooh. Bears joining us now, GM Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus. Coach, when did you realize that this guy isn't just a good runner, but he's a great runner? Yeah, I think it was like around game five or six. We started to see it really come to light. Uh, we started to utilize a little bit more quarterback runs right. um, during that New England game. Yeah, the New England game. game. Yep. It was right after our mini bye. So, uh, and then really we just it kind of took off from there. You know, and he had several weeks in a row where he had, like you said, you know, one or two of those runs each game. And, uh, you know, so he really did a nice job with that. There, there seemed like there was reluctance at first. Like, when do you find, like, what makes you, what's the moment where you just go, hey, like, screw it. Let's start game planning some runs. He might have to take a hit or whatever. What, what was that moment well, or the light go on there? Yeah, I just think it's, you know, you evaluate that during the mini buy. And right. You say, hey, this guy really is, you know, really special can, that yeah, way. We can utilize his legs a little bit more. And then you start to say, okay, well, let's be safe about it. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. always that delicate balance that you have. You know, as an offense, you want to be able to do that. But in the critical moments of the game, you know, and then when we do call the runs, you know, he's got to work himself to the numbers sideline out of bounds, you know, without, you know, getting in harm's way. But uh, he certainly learned to do that a little bit better. And you guys are in a unique spot, too. You had what felt like an exciting season. The glass seems more than half full. Justin Fields feels like the sky's the limit. But he also got the first overall pick in the draft. So, you know, usually the team with the first overall pick in the draft is like, what the hell do we do? Where do we go? It feels like you guys have something to really work with going forward. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the season, we had the opportunity to evaluate our team and evaluate Justin to see, you know, what direction we wanted to go. Um, but at the same time, what makes this all special in the league is, you know, we got to do our homework. You have opportunities, so you got to do your homework on the class that comes up. So right. we're going to do that. Um, but we feel comfortable where where Justin is and where he's going to go, and um, you know we'll just do our homework and kind of see where it goes from there. Like um, where where like as far as are you kind of shocked about this conversation that's going on around Fields and the number one pick right now? You know, as far as, I know, it's a quarterback. All we talk about is quarterbacks, yeah. everybody. But. You know, I, I, I'm also like, man, how did this come out of nowhere? Didn't I see this guy make some of the greatest runs I saw all year, and all of a sudden we're talking about now another quarterback at number one? Right. Are you surprised that that's kind of taken? No, I'm not surprised no, you're at not. all. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, Justin and I had that conversation of what this offseason would, would look like and sound like and uh, to really separate himself. And if anything did change, I'd be in communication with him. Um, but it is, it's you know, it's fun to talk about. I thought it was pretty clear, you know, after the season just saying, I'd really have to be blown away, you know, by one of these quarterbacks in this class yeah. to move on from right. a guy that showed ability to be explosive and yeah. put his team in position to succeed. And we got work to do, you know, as a front office to surround him with talent so he can continue to grow and get better. Because yeah. there's still no sure thing. You're, you're basically acquiring the example I always use as a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. You don't know that that quarterback that comes in is going to be great. You have a guy that's showing attributes that he can be great right. makes it even harder to move on from him and start from scratch. And it would put even more pressure, I think, on the next quarterback if you give up on Justin Fields. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we both believe in player development. So from a coaching perspective, getting him in a place where the game slows down is going to be critical. And then from from a front office perspective, again, it's about surrounding him with talent so he can lean on others to kind of break through that next level. Is it difficult in a year like this, like both of you, right, where – you guys are playing for the future. You got money that was being paid to other guys not on the team that wasn't even your doing or anything like that. You know, did you feel yourself like the pressure of having to, I don't know, explain that to the fan base a little bit? Because you know, early in the year it was all yeah. like, oh, they need weapons around fields. And we yeah. were sitting here trying to explain. They're, they're trying not to ruin their team here right off the bat. they right. got to be smart about it. Is yeah. that a hard political conversation to deal with in the city? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No. I, I just think that, you know, we had a lot of, a young team. Right. And we developed those guys. Yeah. You know, we had a really good draft class last year. We felt really strong about that. And we developed that, that yeah. group. And uh, they played well down yeah. the stretch. And, uh, you know, so really it's about, it's about that noise on the outside. We just really want to focus on what's in that building there. Right. And just improving and getting better every single game and every single week. What do you want him to do next year? What's the next step in the development of Justin Fields? Yeah, you know, I, I was just saying that on the podium just uh, two seconds ago that uh, really just take what the defense gives you. I know that's coach talk. I understand that. But uh, 
again, uh, and we'll improve at the offensive line level, you know, get more protection, get better protection there so we have more time so he doesn't feel as rushed, which obviously, you know, it's a very sure. important component. Sure, it's everything. And then he'll be able to take what the defense gives him. And then when we call the runs or he goes through his progressions and it, and it breaks down, then he'll be able to use his legs uh, when necessary. So yeah. that's what we want him to do. What, what, at what point do you guys get to the point in the, the draft evals where you start to go, okay, we're comfortable with what we've evaluated, who we got. All right, now we can maybe make a move at number one or you know, trade it away. When does that moment come where you start to feel like, okay, I got a good grasp for you know, the whole class and maybe where I want to play this? Yeah, I think once we leave here, we'll be able to gather enough information to feel comfortable. You know, the most important piece of the combine to me is the medical piece. It's yeah. the thing you, know, you can't see. So right. um, once we have that, we can put numbers. We see how many guys are in certain values on our board. And I think from there we can make a sound decision if it's moving back, if it's maybe there's someone that's special and we're like, you know what, let's just stick with this guy. Um, or if we have enough people that's going to tell us how far we can move back where we still can get a guy that we think can really help us, you know, become better. Yeah, right. How aggressively will the organization scout the best quarterbacks, the Bryce Youngs of the world, not to possibly draft him, but so you can – engage in the best possible trade negotiations you know the guy inside and out because obviously a team that would trade up to number one is trading up for a player not for a spot yeah how much time will you spend getting to know the guy that's likely going to be number one yeah we'll do the full process i think it's good practice to do that regardless um so our scouts have they've all done the film work the same amount of cross checks have done all the quarterbacks we're going to meet with a lot of them here sit them down get to know them as, as people watch film with them uh see how they see the game and what they were taught to do, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna hop on the plane and we're gonna make our rounds with the uh, the pro days, and and see guys move around and throw and spend additional time with them as well. So I think it's good practice to really do your due diligence, uh, regardless of your setup. Sure, you might put a little bit more into it in certain in circumstances, but um, we're gonna be consistent on that side. You you guys are in it together. It sounds like I mean right. you guys talking ball all the time and have the same vision for what you're looking for in the team yeah. and. You go from there, right? I mean, um, for you, Coach Eberflus, like what was the, the big adjustment for you? Going defensive coordinator, now you're the head coach, Chicago Bears, that media market, the fan base is passionate. Right. You know, what was it like for you the first year? No, it was great. I, yeah. You know, the fans were awesome. I mean, they travel well. Yeah. It's amazing. You go to all these different stadiums, and, man, you got your Bears fans there, and they're they're right behind you the whole way. So they're very passionate, very loyal fans. So we, we are certainly pumped about that. And then really for me as the head coach, it was just really working with Ryan. You know, it was it was great. You know, our relationship has gotten stronger during the course of this year. Right. And uh, we're more in tuned, you know, because we have a year under our belt. You know, coming into this draft and this combine, so we're excited about moving forward. All right, last one. How actively are both of you checking your phones for news that Aaron Rodgers is leaving the division? <laughs> not, not much I haven't at all. Checked it, no. <laughs> Today or at all? No. I mean, do you guys care? Do you pay attention to it? I mean, I, I would, I would want Aaron Rodgers gone if I was the Chicago Bears. I think at the end of the day, you got to really just focus on on your own team and, and really put all your energy and effort there. Um, all of that will take care of itself, and we'll go from there. And as a competitor, you want to play against the best, and you want to kind of get over that hump uh, as well. So um, we're just going to focus on the Bears and, and do our best, get our roster in the right position, coach them up, and, and fire away and see how good we can get. Great stuff, guys. Thanks yep. for your time. We're going to take right, a break. You. When we return, we'll be joined by Texas Bears. General Manager Nick Casario. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. There is no place I wanted to be any more than H Town. So it was an easy, it was an easy pick for me. It was a no-brainer to be here. All right, be home. It was a no-brainer. So it wasn't a, a difficult decision at all. It was very easy. New head coach Tamiko Ryan's of the Houston Texans. The guy who hired him is with us now, General Manager Nick. Casario, Nick, welcome. Great to be with you. Last year I was home for this. Chris was here. I get to be in person and have a conversation with you. Thanks for doing it. Awesome. Great to be here. Good to visit with you. Uh, always awesome to uh, you know be with you, Nick. And and we go way back. I'm I'm always like one interested. I just thought you know I just wait, thought wait wait wait. Give me a good give me a good story. Uh. <laughs> give me a good story about this this big. There's not too many good no, stories. Buffoon yeah. in Chris New England. Was great. No, he was great. He came in kind of as a lower level scouting assistant, yeah. and I would say it was a lot of hard work. And 
he was willing to do it. And he obviously had a very extensive background, had a good career. Um, we want to be in football, kind of want to learn some of the nuances of scouting. So everything that I, I did, my some of the jobs that I had, like Chris had those responsibilities as well. Yeah. So he was great to be around. He was great to work with. And now he's transitioning to things that are more important in terms of his role. <laughs> I don't know does. about that. <laughs> but it was great. I, on a given day, because of my was scouting, I could get yelled at by Nick and be like, oh, you got to do I this. I never yelled at and him. No, he really didn't. You didn't have to yell either. Nick is the kind of guy that could just look at everybody and be like, yep, we got to get better. And then, uh, and then maybe later when I'm doing my quality control, stuff josh would call me down and be like hey you idiot you broke this down wrong so uh, i got a little both ways there but you know i always thought like man and the master play nick casario he's gonna end up hiring somebody from new england at some point as the head coach that's kind of always what i thought in the back of my brain 49ers D'Amico ryan <laughs> what i mean so what what jumped out about you, him and, and everything there yeah, I mean, he and I didn't really know each other. I we knew so. of each other, right. so we didn't really overlap. Right. Um, we competed against the teams that he was on, whether it was in Houston, played against him when sure. he was in Philadelphia there at the end. Right. Um, obviously, he's been a part of a really good program, what Kyle has done you know, with that program, what Kyle and John have done, yeah. um, a lot of admiration and appreciation. I mean, he's a good coach. He was a good player. He was a good person, had a lot of good leadership qualities. And as we worked through the process, I loves mean, Houston. Loves Houston. Yeah. His wife is from there. So. Right. There were a lot of things where I would say there was mutual interest and mutual, um, you know, admiration for the job. So, um, in the end, like, he was just very thoughtful. Um, he was very sincere. He's very genuine about wanting the job, about wanting to be a part of what we were doing. Understanding that there's been a lot of transition, quite frankly, that you know, kind of taken place here over the last few years. Yeah. But I think he was open and willing to be a part of what we were doing, saw the opportunity in front of us. And... You know, we're excited about having him here in a building and being able to work with him here the last few uh, weeks, however, uh, however long it's been, has been, has been great. Yeah. We had the conversation last year about David Culley, one year done, then Lovey Smith, now one year done. How important is it that this relationship with D'Amico Ryan's lasts multiple years? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard. You never want to have to make changes after one year. Part of my responsibility is to evaluate our program and where we are and where we're headed. Um, in the end, we thought those were the best decisions for us. So I'd say moving forward, you know, we're trying to put, I'd say, a foundation and stability and continuity in place, which benefits everybody. Benefits the players, benefits the coaches. So when you look around the league at some of the more successful teams and organizations, the ones that have continuity over long periods of time, those are the ones that at least have a chance. So we're a long way from that, but hopefully this kind of puts us on the path in that direction. Does the, like, I guess I'm intrigued a little bit by, like, kind of what you were talking about. A guy from a totally different tree or, you know, football, NFL group of people compared to you, uh, is there an adjustment period of like, oh, wait, this is how you do things in the front office for a guy like D'Amico Rice? Have you had to have conversations with that, like, like that? With yeah, him? we've had a lot of open dialogue, yeah. open conversations. Because nobody's like you guys. I just want to try to explain this to the viewers. <laughs> Nobody, I, I've said to Mike, it's like we, we look under a stone in Germany when we were in, you know, with the Patriots. They don't, they look at everything and it's, it's different. Well, I think, what you have to be, you have to be adaptable and you have to be flexible right and there's a lot of different ways that you can be successful yeah. so part of our job part of my job responsibility is to have an open mind and to work in concert with the head coach in that position so how do we want to play defensively what are the things that D'Amico feels are important how do we want to play offensively what are some of the team building things that go into that so those conversations dialogue are open I think the one thing that we've tried to do about try to just be adaptable be flexible because that's really what you have to be in this league you yeah. have to have an open mind you have to be willing to adjust and adapt the league is constantly evolving so we have to be willing to adjust and adapt understanding that the core foundation of how I was trained that's certainly not going to change yeah what can you tell us about the quarterback position for 2023? Davis Mills obviously played a lot last year. You've got the second overall pick. you got the 12th overall pick. you got other moves you can make. What's your objective at that position? Yeah, probably have some optionality, Mike. So, really, Davis is the only player under contract currently. So, Kyle and Dreff are free agents. So, I'd say there's a good chance you're going to have two. we're going to have two or three new players at this position. So, between free agency and the draft, probably some combination of both. We're probably going to have those players on the team. So, each player each quarterback has their own traits and characteristics that you know they do well so it's really identifying what does a player do well how does he fit in the system and really I think what you don't want to do is put a timetable about like when a player has to play whenever he's drafted whether right. it's a quarterback or whether it's somebody else so what we want to try to do is try to build a good infrastructure try to build a good team and then just give the players opportunity to be successful when they go out on the field yeah uh, you know yeah what 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 point or if you had those conversations yet I, I'm going to kind of go down that road there as far as 
you know, hey, it's GM. We know you got to win now. Head coach has got to win now. You're, okay, so there's some veteran quarterbacks out there. But I think in the perfect world, they'd all like to draft a quarterback, develop it, and be like the Kansas City Chiefs or whatever, <laughs> right? So how do you kind of balance that approach for you and D'Amico? Yeah, I mean, you have to have open conversations. you got to be thoughtful about yeah. it. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? What's important? How do we add the player to the team? What makes the most sense? So there are ongoing discussions and conversation. There's no one-size-fits-all. Like, this. okay, if we do this, then we can't do this. So, again, going back to what I said a little bit earlier, be open-minded, be adaptably flexible, um, and just be very authentic and, you know, truthful about those discussions. Right. Well, Nick, we wish you the best moving forward. You got your coach, six-year deal. Have a feeling we won't be asking about a new head coach next year. Hope it goes well for you and for the Texans. We thank you for some of your time. We look forward to talking to you real soon. Thanks. Always good visiting with you. There he is, Nick Casario. When we return, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll right here live. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. There he is doing his thing out on the practice field in the Air Monarchs. There he is. That's the it's the fastest. I don't know. What are you 69 now? However, you're up there. I'm not giving up my number. You're not giving it up. I know what the number is. (laughs) You do, right? It It might be seven zero. I'm always at seven one. You don't have to (laughs) seven one. But that's all right. We take that off the. Nah, come on. It is always amazing anytime we see you before a game, like. You're transported back, like you're. It's the enthusiasm and glee of a kid, and and that's great to see. Yeah, well, this is this is the game we play, you know, and we sometimes lose sight of that. And it's always been the game. It's always been about playing catch and throwing the ball and all that kind of stuff to me, and it has never really changed. Uh, I'm as just I'm as excited about it as I've ever been. This off season right now is it's it's a thrill yeah. to try to see if we can maximize this thing. It's a great challenge, and to me, they're always it's always competitions you know right. we're battling to see if we can figure it out so uh, we're looking forward to it yeah well everybody talks about you and competition and all that well another little just silly question gum what's your what's your gum and how often are we i'm a bubble pieces? yum guy that's never cashed in on it i don't know what's happened they Damn. never came to me i don't know <laughs> and are you just like throwing a new piece every five minutes kind of thing because no, you look only, like only on game day only on game day yeah. that's that's your time. your gum day yeah. see that's it's the it. opportunity <laughs> for all the bubble yum competitors to come in because they can get convert if the price I'm, is right. I'm, I'm setting the market. I'm You're a, a gum agent. free agent. I'm a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am pretty partial to it. So. Hey, uh, speaking of free agents, let's just take it up right there. We've been waiting for news that Geno Smith is going to stick around. There's just been a vibe that it's going to work out. Are you confident at this point that you're going to get it worked out before you'd have to use the franchise tag? Well, I'm just week? counting on it. You know, I don't know if confident. I'm, ca- I'm counting on it. Uh, Geno's been us, and we've been him, and so it's it, we should just do this together. Right. But we still got to work out the business part of it, and there's we, we've got a team that needs some help, and we've got some areas in free agency that we've got to address, and we're looking forward to doing that. And, and it's, you know, this is the game that you play this time of year, so we're working hard at it. We'd love to have Gino back. He did a fantastic job. I'd love his story. Love competing with him. Love going to, you know, to the games with him and, and knowing he's going to lead us and all that. He's done a marvelous job. With marvelous. Just handle it so well. And, and, and 
probably better than the football stuff. It's the way he's been able to engage in this opportunity and maximize it yeah. just by being himself. You know, it's just a, it's a great story. Uh, it, it, I, I have a little history. Of the, he used to throw with my dad and my brother, and they've always been like, man, Gino is the guy, and they've always thought he had this, this potential. When yeah. did you... You know, I know you knew you liked him, and he was could be your quarterback. But you traded for Drew Locke. Like, when was the moment where you're like, "Damn, this guy is like he got it. Like he's he's playing well." You know, he I, got I, really, I go back to he he showed uh, in his chance two years ago when he got three games to start, and he came in on the, in the Rams game. When Russell hurt his finger. Uh, yeah, right? he uh, the the last game he played before uh, Russ came back against Jacksonville, he was 15 for 15. Yeah, threw a great game at him, and it looked like he, he found his groove a little bit. You know, and and, and you know, we weren't sure. We didn't yeah, know. And, of course. And, but that was the, the first indicator. And he's always been awesome in, in practice. He, he, there's nobody that throws the ball better than he does. Oh, today, I know. You know and, I know. And, uh, he's just a regular, uh, tremendous athlete. And, and uh, not a regular. I mean, he's an extraordinary, tremendous right. athlete. But um, he just took it over. And, and the way he handled the competition, and Drew gave him a, a run for it, too. You know, we, we really made it competitive, just like we had done the last time we were choosing a quarterback. And uh, he, he never... He never wavered. He knew he was going to win the job. He just kept staying with it. And he didn't have all perfect days, but he had a lot of good stuff happen. And then when he got his chance, he just it, it totally embraced it and, and went with it. So, yeah. Coach, uh, do you think it was an aberration, or do you think that other teams now will start taking a closer look at quarterbacks who didn't have things work out for them in their first stop, fall into that, that void of backup, second string, third string, that maybe there's something there that this guy can still be a starter in this league yeah. instead of just being relegated to understudy role. I find myself today in, in answering the questions and all really you know, singing the praises of, of the opportunities for young guys that we have to give them a second chance and a third chance. This job is so hard. Right. It's so challenging. and So few guys can just jump in and embrace it and take it and kick, kick butt with it. That if you saw the talent and you saw the makeup that, that – told you we're going to draft this guy you got to fight through the expectations and, and the disappointments of the expectations you know that they, they can't make it happen in their first two or three years yeah, right. and wait them out and if you do wait them out there's a great reward down there this is an illustration this isn't the only indication of that i mean there's other illustrations of it in the past some great players have made it through and you know struggled earlier in their career and then they found their way and because the game is so challenging, there's so much to it that until they really embrace that and they take command of it, you don't really don't know. Right. But if they've got the ability and they have something, you, you know, I, I'm selling the patience. Give, keep giving the patience, give yeah. guys another chance, and see it through, and, and see that uh, maybe. I, I would, let me add to that, that yeah. I, and I've said that Gino had such great belief and commitment to him, his own ability and his confidence that he maintained through all of the disappointing years. It was is unusual, and, and that was probably the most important element of all of it. He had the talent to do it, but right. he never gave up on himself. Right. And uh, it's a beautiful story to see it come through. The the like you, John Schneider, you guys are always kind of like open about what you need to get better with or whatever, what area of the team. I, I mean, I know you don't want to give away all the recipes here, but or, or none of them, or, or none of them, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But but I mean, I think we could probably figure out a few of them. But like, what, what is the area like you talked about? You know, Gino's contract. What are we looking to address with your football team? That's just like priority number one. Uh, we we really want to keep adding competitive guys that are really over the top that yeah. way. You know, as much as we we hit it with the height, weight, and speed thing with with Tariq Woolen, right. but we found out that he was a terrific competitor too. And when we knew, you know, I can't tell you that we knew all of that early on because it was kind of a you know the fifth round pick and all yeah. that. But. Uh, we want to keep adding to it because the guys that came through this year for us in this last year's draft all have great makeup. Yeah. They have confidence in themselves. They've got the, the, the willingness to say, okay, I, I don't know everything, but yet I'm, I'm going to dig in and fight and call and scratch and, and hang with it. Uh, and, and we were rewarded with a great class last year, you know, guys. And it's the makeup of the kids that are so important. Now we really want to stay with that and really make sure that that's a, at the very source of what we're, we're doing in this process. How do you flush that out? You know, it's like the guys we call like psychos in a good way, right, that you want in your phone, who just listen to coach, do whatever it is. How do you, how do you flush that out in this well, whole process? Well, that's what the process is for. Yeah. I mean, the interviews are for, and, and our guys are, have to be tuned into what they're looking for. And, 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 then, and then John and I, you know, we ultimately get down to it, you know, and, and we, we need all of the information we can get. So that's, that's what this process is and, and uh, hopefully we come up with some great answers and some great insights and uh, we hit it right you know and we really did last year for sure yeah I've been sitting here trying to think of the best way to ask this, Coach. I'm just going to ask you. Are you sure? What was your reaction? I'll give you a second, the second thought here. No, you don't no, because I, I think I think it's I th I'm not because I don't mean anything negative by it. We're all human beings. I can handle it. Bring it on, Mike. Right, and 
you open up your phone or your computer and you see The Athletic has this report with, in the first paragraph, Russell Wilson tried to get you and John fired. What's your reaction when you see that? Um, I, I just think this has been a, it's been a cavalcade of, of reports all, you know, ever since this thing happened. Uh, and they've all kind of gone in a kind of a negative light, yeah. you know, and, and, and unfortunately for, for us. And, 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 uh, but here's what I would say, that um, I'm not giving up on my guys. Ever. I don't care how, how old they get or how many things they say. You know, once we've gone to battle as much as we have and we've fought to compete in, in, in all of the challenges and the hard work and all that, I ain't giving up on these guys. I'm going to prove to them that I'm never leaving them. And so, uh, you know, I've got, <laughs> got plenty of examples of guys that we've you know, had through the program right. that um, stay with us and come back to us. And, and uh, they, they find the sense that, of, of the relationship and the depth of it and all of that. And I'm just, I'm just not giving up on guys. So I don't care what, what's said. It doesn't matter to me. So when you see that, do you say that's not true? Do you think it's true? Not do you right. find out whether it's true? <laughs> like, what do you think? I don't, I, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. That's, that's not how I'm responding. You ask me how I'm going to respond to it, I'm right. responding to it the way I am. That, uh, it doesn't I'm, matter I'm, to you I'm if not, it's true. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I'm, I'm just... I just want to be an illustration, an example for these guys that you can really hang with people in relationships that you right. put so much into. Feathers it. So you're fine. You're, worth it. Whatever it's kind of like said, unconditional love, you know. If that's probably yeah. the best way to explain it, yeah. and I'm not giving up on on anything, no matter what happens. And, and uh, um, so you're yeah. fine with Russ, no matter what. That's what I'm taking away yeah. from this. I, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, but you had yeah. a lot of good that's times it. with them and good things. Uh, you, you guys are amazing things. Yeah. I don't even want to. All right, here's another one for you, because I've always heard the stories, you know. The Seattle scheme. I mean, one of the greatest defensive schemes in the history of the sport is it started with you guys, of course. You've gotten away from that. You know, I had too many coordinators leave with all the answers. Yeah, so I kind of, <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, just uh, on both sides of the ball. You know? down. I, mean, I have to, you have to keep moving. You have to yeah. keep evolving. You know, and, and so we're we're in a transition of, of evolution for us. Right. Um, that's really really exciting to me. And uh, and so we've we've mixed. I, I wanted to expand the things we were doing in the secondary, and yeah. so we've done that. Yeah. And now we need to we need to hone in on it and make, make it come to life in a big way. Um, there's there's I think there's a lot of magic in what we're doing right now, and we, we got to put it together and, and make sure that our players can express it. It's, right. It fits them so that they can show what they're capable of doing and, and uh, in a big way, in a consistent way, with great confidence and commitment and all that. So that's what we're, we're doing. So it's an exciting time for Clint and I and, and uh, as we're working it out. But that, that, that was the big thing, why you got away from it. You just felt like it was around the league too much and too many coordinators started to have kind of a – uh, Rolodex of plays that they oh, would yeah, do we to had, attack yeah, it, right? We had to face the reality of it. Yeah. Know, we had to keep moving. And uh, we had a great run. We had years and years of great defense. And uh, our, our guys fit the scheme so well yeah. that we didn't have to do anything different. We just needed to let them play their game. Right, and right. so uh, that, that was, if there was any genius in it, it was that, you know, in, in allowing uh, Earl and Cam and, and Richard and, and, uh, and, you know, Michael and all those guys, to, and Cliff, all those guys to do their thing in a way that they, that you know, you couldn't deal with us. You yeah. know? And, and, uh, and the, the great expression was all the way that the Super Bowl we played against uh, uh, against Peyton was really the height of, of demonstrating that. It was you know? amazing. And it was a, a game we, we played as basic to the to the letter of what we have been doing the whole time and, and forced them to, to restrict what they were doing. And in that, we were able to really play uh, you know a great, great game against the best offense you ever saw. Yeah. You know. Right. Was, and so. Uh, um, that was, you know, that was yeah, that special. We, we got, we got to get on. We got, to, we we didn't have that all together all the time. We we grew to that. We got to evolve to it again. Yeah. All right, um, Coach. Thank you very much for your time. We've got some <laughs> notable free agents coming up, including Geno Smith and many others. And coming up, and look, there they are, the Chiefs' free agents, and we will have the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs joining us next, Andy Reid. Coach, thanks again. Get, man. Great seeing you, man. I'll give you a name for it. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. called Corn Dog. So it's called what? Corn Dog. It's not called Corn Dog. Oh, yeah. Is it called Corn Dog? Nothing better than a good Corn Dog with some mustard and, and uh, ketchup. But he doesn't step into the huddle and say Corn Dog. Oh, no, he says Corn Dog. Don't do it left, dirty X title, 35 black Corn Dog. There it is. There's the parade. It wasn't all that long ago. It was less than two weeks ago. There is never a break. It just keeps going and going and going in the National Football League. You don't even get a chance to let the confetti completely fall before it's time to start looking for your new players. And the man in charge of the Kansas City Chiefs now. You know what's amazing to me, Coach? 24 straight years without 
a break. Here he is, Andy Reid. <laughs> what was it, 14 with the Eagles and 10 with the Chiefs? Is yep. my math right? It rarely yep. is. Yeah, no, you got it. Yeah, good years, too. I, I enjoyed my time in Philadelphia, a great city, and I've enjoyed my time in Kansas City. So I've been very fortunate to work for two great org- organizations. So I'm very lucky that way. But what's I mean, you're the man of the hour, as we know. You've been the man of the hour here for a little while. Uh, but but what what you know, is there a difference between the first Super Bowl win or you know the second one here? Kind of explain that to to us. Yeah, so I, I think there is. Uh, you you kind of knew what to expect with the second one uh, as it wound down there, and so. You, I think you appreciate it just a little bit more. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's you can take it? a little breath and go, yeah, man, this is cool. Yeah, you go, this is pretty nice. You know, this is uh, it's it's great for these kids, and especially these young ones. I mean, we had all these young. kids. Oh my gosh, they must have been like a kid in the candy yeah, store. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was great. We showed the clip of your conversation with Peter King explaining the corn dog play, the jet motion, fake yeah. and back out and wide open. Um, walk us through how that that play came to be. We know yeah. you used it back in week one against the Cardinals, but where did that come from yeah. and why in the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, no better place to do it than the yeah. Super Bowl. Um, you know, we thought secondary-wise, they, they switched things off. Yeah, they try to change know, stuff, yeah. a lot of defenses, right? Yeah, so we thought that that would be a good play uh, against them, and this guy's a good guy to get the ball, in, you know, ball into his hands. So Man. he did a nice job, and Pat read it well. It's a run play that ends up being – uh, RPO type play. If you get the same uh, look, get if, the right look. If you get the right look, right. We happened. We we're lucky enough to get the right look. Yeah. Uh, so you got that play. Excuse me. I'm drooling over myself here because I'm so excited. Uh, you got that. But that's you know it's something I broke down prior to the Super Bowl a little bit because they try to squash and they're so aggressive mm-hmm. squashing everything yeah. that you kind of use that against them. And then so the second play. Kind of explain that. I mean, most yeah, of us was, know that was squash. That it was, was the wrong. It was the, it the was wrong, wrong play. It was the wrong squash. So it was. It was. It was Kadarius just on the wrong side, or was it? No, it was it supposed was to be three one of receivers to the left. Over there. Kelsey yeah, messed it up. I know. I heard yeah. somebody call out Kelsey. Yeah, but you know what? It was a good mess up. So it worked out. And if you if you look at it, you'll see. Um, Let's see Kadarius, it one more time, guys. You'll see Kadarius. Pat was going to bring him down and do the same one. Right. And and he went. Yeah, we, yeah, no, other side. Yeah, other You're side. on the yeah. other guys. <laughs> but Pat was just Pat knew what the coverage was. If right. you listen to the the audio, he goes zero zero zero, so he knew it was zero blitz. Yeah, and here it is one more time. Yeah. You're right. He so he just every, he just yeah. left everybody, and then and then brought him. He back. knew this would work versus zero. Worth, yeah, yeah, it. that's right. Yeah, I. I um, oh, the other thing I'm, I'm amazed by. Did you get like your defense spags what he did? I mean, the Eagles are damn good, yeah. as you knew. Yes. There's no weakness. No. His his game plan is what I've gushed about a little bit. Yeah. Just Were you, like, at some points, like, I can't believe we're calling this defense on first and ten or second yeah. and eight? No, no he, did, <laughs> he, did a, he did a nice job. He, you know, he started off with some pressure and, 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 uh, and then kind of worked around that and mixed in some zone stuff. Right. And, and, uh, but he kept him. He kept him guessing the second half, and then offensively we were able to get it going. We got a couple stops defensively, right. and then uh, we were able to get it going offensively, and it was a good blend of, of, of team right there. Yeah, the it was. Special teams also stepped up right. and, and did a nice job. So it, it was good all the way around there. Yeah. How important was that halftime, that extra long halftime, to, to really lighten a fire? Under the offense, yeah, mo- most of all is to get the fire out of Pat's ankle. <laughs> so yeah. those high ankle sprains, uh, when you tweak them, they hurt like heck. And then, uh, and, but then they settle down if you're given enough time. Right. So we, we had the time for that to take place. Uh, not that Pat wouldn't have gone back in if it was a shorter halftime. I mean, he was possessed on that thing about playing, and so, yeah. uh, but. The, the longer halftime, we use that also. We broke it into increments of like six-minute increments and so we could uh, – guys could use a restroom, get a drink, come back. Coaches could uh, go over what went on in the first half, get a drink, go to the bathroom, then come back and give them what the new stuff would be. And, and then we had a stretch period in there too. So it, it all worked out where – they, you know, the guys had a little bit of rest, but we could also feed them the information we needed to feed them. Is there anything you could give us? Like, what was the one thing at halftime that bothered yeah. you when you walk in? And you're like, "Damn, we got to fix this, or we're not yeah, going to so, win." Yeah. So, so the primary, I thought the primary thing, we were off by a tick. Right. And and Howard Mudd, the you know the late Howard Mudd, always used to say, 
he was a run guru. So sure. he go, run it one more time. The first time we're we're going to try to figure it out. Let me figure out what the problems are, and then we'll fix it the second time. So um, it was a little bit of that. Right. Let, let's let, let's kind of get it together here and and put ourselves uh, back in position where we're more accurate with what we're doing, and then let's get the run game going. Were there a couple things in the run game that we we thought we could do? Right. I thought Andy Heck had a great game plan for that, and our offensive line coach right. and. And so we were able to get the, the run game going. Our guys ran tremendously hard. And, and, and then it allowed Pat uh, some quicker throws, ball out of his hand. That defensive front of theirs is dynamite. Yeah, insane. So, you know, just get the ball out fast. And, and then we'll build up. For, let's get that taken care of. Then we'll build up from there. Yeah. Eagles receiver A.J. Brown said at some point after the game that when the Eagles didn't go for it, on fourth and six from your 15. And they kicked the field goal. They kicked goal. the field goal and went up six. That was when he knew, uh-oh. Did you have the mirror image of that thinking, okay, wait, we're only down six points in this game and our offense is awake. This is our chance to go take it? Yeah, I, I probably didn't think exactly that, Mike, but I, I, I felt like um, we start off with good momentum and and kind of started generating that. I, I thought the – you know, if there's a such thing as a mojo, I thought yeah. the mojo was, was uh, on your favorite. side. Yeah, I felt that coming right. out, even coming out at halftime. Ten right. points is it, it, with these two offenses is really nothing. I mean, both offenses are so good, so they they can they can score. So I, I just thought if we could just straighten it out, uh, we'll be tough. We'll be tough to stop. And then if we get a couple stops on defense, we'll be okay. That's where my main focus was. And then when Pat took off running, you know, a couple times there, I thought. You know what? We're going to be okay because that's a that's a part of his game, right. and it's pressure on the defense. Yeah. So, but we needed the stops. I, I, I was really more focused. We need a couple stops, and uh, in those type of games where it's back and forth, yeah, you got to get a couple. Got the stops. field goals and the stops yeah, and that's three right. and out. Yeah, right. exactly. And that was a long drive too. I mean, that Ooh, was a seventeen play long drive, drive to only have it ended three points. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the guy's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. He's the damnedest. Did he show you a new aspect of him? This, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think people always go, oh, the most talented guy. They're usually not that tough or gritty, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, right. You know, was there anything in him? Did he show you something? And what did he do like that's kind of surprised you through this yeah, whole no, thing? Yeah, no, he showed his gruntness, right? Yeah, right. So he, He's he gritty. Reached, he, yeah, he re- reached down in there and. And, and really sucked it up. It, it's not even that he sucked. It, it's that he mentally he's mentally strong enough to black, lock blank it out. It, yeah, just yeah. blank that out and and say, you know what, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's a great tribute to positive thinking. Yeah. Oh, he, he was ready that, to fight somebody during he, the Jaguars game. Yeah. Oh, you? He was ready to yeah, fight no, you. No, I'm not going in. I'm not going in. No, no. He he did not want to get the X-ray. And then then I saw the replay of him running. Uh, after this was after the game, I see that he runs up to the x-ray machine right. to get an x-ray i'm going this guy he's out of his mind <laughs> <a> psycho <laughs> yeah yeah so but he was in the right frame of mind and I, I i think there's a lot to be said for that right i saw lebron twisted his ankle the other night yes right and he went that same mode just kind of like and pat happened to be in the uh, audience and and i'm going well there you go i mean both guys up here very right. strong so all right i got one more good one on you in my homes I'm going to put you on the spot here, but it's a good spot. All right. But we, we gush. We do your pregame show, you know, for the Jaguars game, yeah. and we did a 10-play, like, Mahomes, oh, my gosh, and this all happened in one year. What's the greatest Mahomes play oh, on the field, right? Just no practice. I don't want any of that. But what's the one that, you, like, jumps out to you where you just go, that was – I think probably the left-handed throw. I mean, it's one thing to do it and mess around with it in right. practice. It's another thing. And make it a legitimate throw. I mean, that's – with the game on the line. Yeah. You know that, and being as young as he was when right. he did that, I'm yeah, was going, that year one or year two that he did that? Uh, it was, I think, it was year one when he was a starter, Star, so first year it, starter, yeah, right? It was right his second year, and so for him <laughs> to do that in a in a real game, a big game, AFC West game, yeah, right. I went, oh, now that's something. You know, we'll put that one in the file. Yeah, yeah put that in the file, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Can it's he amazing. actually get better at this point, and if so, how? Yeah, I, I think quarterbacks are like farmers. The work's never done, so they can always get better. And uh, I guess you reach a point age-wise where things might go the other way. Um, but I, I think, yes, I think he can. And um, and he works so hard at his game. You know, he's already started. He's back in grinding with the lifting part of it. and Made big improvements from last year to even this yeah, year. Yeah, and I, I think that just continues. You know, I 
I think for the next few years, you're going to see that. Oh, I know. I, it's, he's unreal. Uh, la- last thing, and I just want to dive back into this, the field. Yeah. When did you realize, like, oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Sorry, London. Sorry, London. This field <laughs> is, like, a problem. How early in the process? They thought you were talking about fish and chips. <laughs> right, we're so, live on Sky Sports. No, I, lo- right I love London. They have the best fish and chips I think I've ever had. My gosh. It's unbelievable. Um, but so... Um, uh, tell me the question. <laughs> uh, uh, what, was I, what was I saying? He's got the field. Me. Oh, the field. The field. Yeah, the right. field. Uh, no, I, I was trying to deviate from the. I was trying to deviate from the. But our, you know what? Our kickers went out there the day before yeah. and had an opportunity to kick there. I guess it was Friday they went out. And so um, the field, they, they said it was it was great. Right. And, and so sometimes moisture and they open the roof and, uh, and, and so a moisture can get in there and. Uh, and make it make it slippery. It, it was a beautiful it. field, though. It, beautiful, I mean, yeah, beautiful thing. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I thought our equipment guy, you know, did a Alan Wright did a great Oof. job with the studs in the shoes. So, I bet. Yeah. So he he made a little conversion change there, and we had enough shoes to do it with. No, I know that was the thing yeah. I worried about. Are yeah. These teams going to even be prepared for yeah. it to have so those kind of shoes. He had all the stuff ready to go and. And um, we had played there that first game. Right. And Bucker they, slipped on the opening kick or one of the kickoffs. Exactly. Balls. Yeah. Exactly. So we went in prepared for that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Coach, we thank you for your time. We're going to swap out the hot seat for your general manager, Brett. Oh, he's Peach. a good one. So man. we'll, great we'll one. keep great the conversation one, on the Super Bowl going. Like Andy Reid, two-time Super Bowl winner. We'll be back How with about two-time those? Super Bowl winning Jeez. GM Brett right. Veach right after this. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.